Welcome back to the Checkpoint Reach podcast. This is a gaming occasional movie news podcast. I'm your host Luke Eldon, and as ever, I'm joined by my fellow gamers and friends Sud, Perks, and Matty. How are you doing, guys? Hello. Good. Hello. Glad you're all doing well, and thanks for joining me as ever. Looking forward to getting stuck into this week's topics. Yeah, should be good. Look forward to it. Yeah, Absolutely. It should be. Uh, before we do get started, though, if you're listening on YouTube, remember to subscribe to our channel for more gaming content each week. Give this video a like and comment below as well as it'll help the channel to grow. Anyway, let's get started with this week's news and topics. And the first one is the uh, the Dr- Borderlands Mask of Mayhem teaser trailer that dropped. Uh, Gearbox dropped the teaser trailer today and I just wanted to get your guys' thoughts on it because I know you're all big Borderlands fans. Has this got you more excited or just a... Uh, whole lot of nothing uh i don't know i suppose it depends on your perspective i guess maybe a little bit of both um i am looking forward to the game getting revealed uh, i think we've we've talked before haven't we on this podcast about i think it was a couple of weeks ago we talked about the game uh potentially being revealed and now we pretty much know it is going to be revealed mm-hmm. um yeah they had the so teaser on, image didn't they yeah they had the image and i thought the teaser i, I mean i think me and perch might slightly differ on this I, I quite enjoyed the teaser trailer i'm not saying it was the greatest thing ever but I think it was a nice little teaser just to introduce, you know, some of the characters that are going to be in it and stuff like that. Um, it gets people excited, doesn't it, for the for the for the proper the proper um, trailer to come out in a couple of days, whenever it is. Um, yeah. So I enjoyed. It. I thought it was fine. I've never played the game, and the trailer was all right. Some decent music, but obviously it doesn't really impact me that much because I don't really know who the characters are. I did mention one character looked like Rihanna, though. <laughs> yeah, that was. Uh, I definitely noticed that. I think it's in the first five ten seconds, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's quite it's early like on. Yeah. Really wants, uh, yeah. yeah that's interesting. I, I mean, look. As far as the teaser goes, I wasn't overly impressed at first viewing, and the the sort of two things that stuck out to me were why with a game like this that's so colourful and vibrant did they do what was essentially a black and white teaser, mm. and. Until I watched a breakdown video, which lasted about 15 mm. minutes, I didn't really see much of what was going on in the just over a minute. I think it was a minute and 15 seconds. So, yeah, I, I mean, on first viewing, didn't really care. And I really do care about Borderlands, so that's that's not great as far as I'm concerned. But having broke it down a little bit myself and, and with the sort of other people that were, were doing the video, it was... Uh, it's it's a lot better when you look deeper into it, but I don't really think that's the point of a teaser. What do you guys think? Yeah, I know what you're saying, Perks. I, I, I do slightly agree with you on the whole black and white thing. That was a, a slightly strange choice, considering Borderlands is usually known for its you know rich colour palette. But I suppose they just don't want to give too much away, do they, before the main reveal? Maybe that's why they went for the black and white thing. You know, it makes things more obscure. It, you know, you can't really see characters as as well either, can you? In black and white, so it makes it more like, oh, is that you know, is that a character that's coming into it? Is that a pascal? You know, so I think that's the idea they wanted to do. Um, we- obviously, with breakdown videos, that <laughs> people get to the bottom of it pretty quickly. But mm, I mean, for me, it was just annoying more than anything. Like yeah. you could see there was a lot going on in in the just over a minute that they've got, but when you're just watching it play through you don't really see any of it. You see a lot of things happening and you're not particularly sure what 
obviously there's there's a few sort of old returning characters that stand out straight away. It looks like Mordecai and Brick are both going to be in it. Yeah. Um, and others that we'll talk about I as think, well. Uh, Claptrap is is present Claptrap on is, a few yeah. occasions, which you know. Got it. It had to be. Otherwise, oh, yeah. what the hell would they be doing? We got to look at some of the enemies, didn't we? As well. I mean, a lot of them are very familiar. Uh, you got like the the midgets. You've got the uh, the main sort of maniacs. Um, the uh, what were they? I can't remember what the what the flying things called. But can you remember? Was it rats? Skags. Skags. Is it? Skags were the dogs. Skags. Oh um, no! And there's the there's the flying. Yeah, I think they were rack, called rack. rack weren't Racks. They? Yeah. 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 So that's obviously familiar things for Borderlands fans. Uh, I'm I sure there'll be new enemy um, times as well. I think with teaser trailers, though, it's usually for hardcore fans, isn't it? Because yeah. that's what gets you pumped, yeah, the yeah. teaser trailer. Like, when I watched yeah, it, definitely. it did nothing for me. But if I watch no. the full trailer of the game with gameplay mm. and stuff, I'm obviously then more likely to be invested in it. Well, yeah, this is my main problem with it in general, is what is the point in doing a teaser trailer and then saying, oh, there's a full trailer coming in two days? Or whatever, whatever it is, that's really confusing well, to me. I think the whole I, point of a mm. teaser surely is to, you know, maybe have that at an E3 or something like that. You but know, so people. people well, they would have been talking about it if they saw gameplay. But if as you well. go on YouTube, I don't now, understand. That. It's everywhere. Like there's people talking about it. There's people doing breakdowns. It just it makes the game seem bigger, doesn't it? Because people are all talking about it. It's the only thing people are going to be talking about now, game related probably. So it comes out. Yeah, but mainly, I mean, the so. point being made is that they're dropping the. They're dropping the actual trailer tomorrow at their event, so it's like strange. I think they could have equally released oh, this like teaser when they released the, the teaser image of the yeah, highway sign, maybe. and that would have been a good combination. I think give it a week or so to to people to pick the bones out of it and, and let it settle, and then all of a sudden hit you with the trailer. But the, yeah. the timing's probably not great, but I don't think it's going to particularly affect much if I'm being perfectly honest. I mean, at the end of the day, it depends how good the trailer looks, doesn't it? The actual trailer, that's, you know, um, people are going to be, you know, hardcore fans of the game are obviously going to be hyped for the game anyway, no matter what it looks like. But I think the teaser trailers maybe to try and, try and you know, bring in maybe new people or something. But um, yeah, I think, to be fair, I think that the main thing for me from the trailer, well, it wasn't actually from the trailer itself, it's from when you watch breakdown videos, is that a lot of people speculating that, um, you know, that this could relate to Tales from the Borderlands, which for me is probably the biggest news. I don't know about you, Perks, out of this. Yeah, well, like we touched on with, with, with the sort of characters, we've seen uh, Vaughn quite prominently in, yeah. the, He's in, the, in, trailer. The, in the sort of trailer and then the list of, of others that we'd have there. I mean, Sir Hammerlock's returning, um, Mad Moxie. Yep. It looks like we've got Marcus as well for the munitions and the guns and stuff. Well, as we've... well, the, the, um, there was the thing Atlas, wasn't there? And yeah, Atlas Corporation. Which, the the sign is there, and, yeah. and that that was at the same time as Zero as well, who's mm-hmm. one of the old Vault Hunters. Yeah. Uh, it looks like we're going to get four new ones, which I think has been teased already. Anyway, yeah. we've got an old looking dude who is apparently going to be the assassin. And yeah. there's a robot which kind of looks a bit like Pathfinder from Apex. Yeah, I but noticed that. more of a like a hunter type version than a than a gimmick. And there's there's a new girl which looks like it could be the the siren. I'm not too sure. Well, people her, were her saying it actually. I saw for. a breakdown video where people were saying it was a character that was had been in Borderlands Two. That, yeah, um, could be the siren. I can't remember people the name. Are, the I'm not sure if that if the, the siren thing is a speculation. It's mm. not for sure. I think if it's not a siren, then it it's supposed to be Tiny Tina, or grown up. Yeah. And she yeah, yeah. was the most annoying. Yeah, she was character. I, I can yeah. remember. Not a fan of in... Tiny Tina, then. 
So I'm sure she'll be even more annoying in this one. God, yeah, I mean, she was was bad enough when she was younger, let alone how she's going to be portrayed now. You can list off all the characters you want. The the one character that people care about is Lodabot. Well... Don't care what anyone else says. In the breakdown video, people are speculating that that robot character could be Lodabot. You know, the one that's... um, You know which one I mean, the one that kind of looks like a Destiny character. Hmm. Well, people yeah. are speculating that that could actually be loadable. I which guess it would be, be interesting. I, I know I've just I, loadable in gonna be in the game. I can't see why he wouldn't be in the game. What Loadabot was like probably the most famous character from Tales of the Borderlands, so I'd be shocking if he wasn't in it. Yeah. So and, I, I think he's know. he's unlikely to be that that character we've just talked Maybe about that because one, that but... is supposed supposedly one of the the new uh, four Vault Hunters. So to to include him in that manner, I'd probably say isn't going to happen, but yeah. he, he's definitely going to be in the game, well, whether it's a few cameos or, or I don't know. I don't know if you knew this, but I only just recently found out that that Tales from the Borderlands is actually canon as well. So there's definitely going to be some connection with it. Um, and considering Tales from the Borderlands ended on a cliffhanger as well, it would make sense, wouldn't it? Did you guys enjoy uh, three? Tales of the Borderlands? Yeah. Yeah, it's the best Tales of the Borderlands. It's great. Um, probably right up there with uh, thoroughly, thoroughly, game. thoroughly recommend that to anyone who hasn't played it and enjoys Best Borderlands game. because it's just such a great game. It's um, yeah. like I said, it's Telltale. It's nothing like Borderlands. If you're expecting it to be a loot and shoot, it's not that. But mm. it, it, the story is so unexpectedly entertaining and genuinely funny. Funny, yeah. I, I just don't think I've got that much sort of um, sort of comic, comical, certainly enjoyment out of a game since maybe like Portal Two, to be honest. Mm. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, I I genuinely laughed out loud at a lot of a lot of things in Tales of the Borderlands, which I I don't usually do at anything, to be honest. A question I've got for you guys is: um, Do you think this is going to be a full-on Borderlands three or some sort of spin-off game? Uh, yeah, I think. I mean, it is going to be. Yeah, it is going to be proper Borderlands three. I just am wondering. Uh, That's on the record now. Sorry, sir. (laughs) The fans are going to be coming for you with pitchforks if it's not actually Borderlands. <laughs> I know. Well, yeah. And <laughs> to be honest, that's fair enough, probably. But I think it is going to be a proper Borderlands three. I, I do wonder whether they're going to add some sort of like multiplayer mode or something, though. I just, I just get that sense that yeah, you're going to get the Borderlands three co-op, four-player co-op proper experience. But I wouldn't be surprised if there is some multiplayer component, whether that's a battle royale or normal multiplayer. I don't know. But God, I hope not. I'm sick of battle royales. I know it's dangerous to go off just a teaser, but I'm quite confident that this is a just a full Borderlands release. I'm not going to be as confident as certain go on the record and say it's Borderlands 3, but whether it's called Mask of Mayhem or, or Numbered with a 3, it, it is going to be a, a, a proper game. It's not going to be some spin-off mode of, of a Battle Royale or a multiplayer shooter or, or something. Well, competitive multiplayer shooter anyway. I'm sure there'll still be co-op aspects. But yeah, it's, it's going to be a full release. We've seen all those past and, and the new characters that they're introducing. It looks like we've got the, the two probable bad guys, or mm. bad guy and girl at the at the sort of top of the mask, if you, if you like. They kind of look like they've got a brother and sister vibe going on, so it'll be interesting to see what they do with that. I mean, that could be the the sort of story component that they've revealed within that teaser. I'm sure they'll have a big part to play. So yeah. I'm I'm not worried about it not being a, a full release. 
Just one thing as well, by the way. It's clear that once again they're, they're going to incorporate Handsome Jack into it, like in some form. I mean, there's the whole his mask, isn't there? Anything? He's going to play a big role in it again, I'd imagine, in probably some sort of like ghost form or something, or some strange thing like that. I do wonder about the mask, though. Obviously, it was there and it was quite prominent, but I'm not sure that's going to be a major thing. I hope it is because I really enjoyed Handsome Jack as a character. But do you not think they'll do been some sort of? Um, uh, do you not think they'll do some sort of Batman Arkham Knight thing though? Whereas you remember in Batman Arkham Knight, where the Joker was like in your head or whatever. Do you think I, th- I can see them doing a similar type thing with Handsome Jack maybe in this game? It would make Possibly. sense. People love Handsome Jack, don't they? And he's, you know, so I mean, don't forget we already had a lot of interaction with him in in Borderlands Two anyway, and then we had the pre sequel where he was, you know, the main thing in it. So. Yeah probably not i would say if i was if i had to jump down off the fence on that one i I hope he's part of it like i said i mean this could be complete and utter nonsense but perhaps the the brother and the sister if they turn out to be brother and sister or main bad guy and main bad girl could be related to him in some way who knows but uh, there's so much to speculate on them yeah i was just gonna say one more thing actually that i just thought about that maybe we haven't really covered is because of this trailer and because of, you know, we think the inclusion of maybe, you know, bringing Tales from the Borderlands into it, do you think they're going to actually make, try and make it more story-focused? Because the first two Borderlands, yeah, they had stories, but they were kind of throwaway, weren't they, really? I mean, Borderlands 2 had more of a story than one, but do you think they're actually, with this one, going to try and make it a proper, like, maybe more important story, if you get what I mean? I mean, look, personally, I always enjoyed the, the narrative in Borderlands. Yeah. I know what you're getting at. You know what I'm trying it to was, say. Yeah, absolutely. It wasn't the be-all and end-all of the game, of course. But I, I'll be honest with you. I think if we see more of what the narrative was in Borderlands 2 and the pre-sequel, and maybe with a tinge of the, the tales from the Borderlands thrown in, that would be a really good thing. But even if they stick to the, the sort of what they've done in the past without yeah. changing that too much i'm quite okay with that really yeah no i'd agree with that i'd agree i just um i want to get matty's thoughts on if he thinks it'll be a a full borderlands 3 release um well i don't want people to attack me with pitchforks so all, all <laughs> oh, i'm going to say it. is I, you'd yeah, love it <laughs> yeah. come at me but, um I, I don't know. It's one of them things. I hope it is. I think everyone in the in the sort of chat, obviously Perks and, and Sud, really looking forward to the game like me, hopes that this is just the normal Borderlands 3 release. But with it being such a big IP, I just have a really bad feeling that they're going to get greedy and they're going to see the money signs and they, you know, they're going to try and incorporate some sort of Battle Royale or you know some sort of multiplayer mode that they can tack on loot boxes too and just wreck the whole experience i hope that's not the case i really do but it's such a big ip all i can think of is that you know the uh, the gearbox um sort of bean counters behind the scenes are just sort of rubbing their hands together thinking of all the ways they can make money off this franchise and I'll, i'd be very very surprised if it was just borderlands 3 and nothing else I think one more point as well to make about this game is uh, that we haven't really covered is the fact that what does this mean for Gearbox in terms of because their reputation, you know, since Borderlands 2 has been kind of dragged through the mud. You know, you look at 
Battleborn, complete failure, absolute disaster for them. Uh, Aliens, Colonial Marines, all the controversy they had around that. So since Borderlands 2, they really their stock has actually gone a lot lower. So this is a very important game for them. This is kind of a make-or-break game, really, I would say. So be interesting to see what happens with, with, with the game. and if it, Well, it, I mean, it needs to be a success, I think, really, for, mm. for them. I mean, I think it will be. I'm, I'm, we're basing this off a teaser trailer alone, but I'm sort of following on from Matt's point. I do think that there will be loot, maybe not loot boxes in, in that sense, but there some will be some kind of... Yeah. yeah, and it makes sense, right? I mean, look, you can customise Vault Hunters any in which way you want. You could include things with the with the sort of gold keys that were, were still in the game, the, the shift key codes and such. So you, you always have the sort of potential and and they've got the sort of propensity there to include outfits or weapon skins, which they could do in an abundance. They could do crazy things like claptrap outfits or uniforms or, you know, that they could, with, with a universe like this, the, the world really is their oyster in terms of microtransactions. So yes, I think they'll be there, but I, I hope they're there in in that kind of form rather than in a battle royale slash online shooter form. Yeah, do we? Uh, just one question, actually, it's a huge lot. I mean, I I see. I was thinking, when's the game going to come out? When do you guys think it's going to come out? Because for me, I think it has to come out this year. I think it's probably going to come out maybe end of the year. What do you think? Yeah, in time for Christmas this year. I yeah. Like Maybe October, November. October, November, yeah. Mm. Feels I with the teaser trailer and the full-on uh, full trailer, it feels like it's going to be the end of this year. I just think yeah, as well... I always hoped it was going to be next-gen. Mm. You know, yeah, I'm with I, you it, it's one of them things that probably isn't going to be the case now, but uh, it was. It's, it's so far into this generation. It just, it's just got to the point where it's like, I'd rather it be next-gen. I think if it was going to be next gen, they'd have just stayed silent. I think the reason they've come out and talked about it is because they're planning to release it this year. And I also think, you know, say if in the trailer they say, "Oh, it's coming out next," you know, in twenty twenty or twenty twenty one, people are going to be pissed because it's like you've waited so long, and then they're going to be like, "Oh, actually, it's not coming out for another two years." So I can't see it not coming out this year, to be honest. Yeah. Well. I guess we'll find out in a couple of days' time, won't we? Actually, when is yep. it? Is it tomorrow? Well, our time, uh, isn't it? Like it very early in the morning. Yeah, so yeah. it's kind of kind of like two days before we'll get the main information. Yeah, so I so. guess, yep, we'll get more information then and we'll look forward to that. However, we'll move on to the next topic of uh, the podcast and that's the Anthem Update 1.0.4. Uh, this update is just more negativity around Anthem, to be honest. The, the update is not pleasing players who are noting a dramatic dec- decrease in the quality of the Anthem loot. The update was supposed to boost loot drops for Grandmaster 1 difficulty and Apex creatures, among dozens of other changes. But that's not what they got, <laughs> is it, Perks? Because, uh, as you can read, as we've been reading this article, it's just, it's just more bad press for Anthem. Right, and it's just the continuing theme that won't seem to go away for the game. I think it's important to stress that this is pretty much what we have been reading. None of us play this game anymore. We're all moved on and, and left this behind. So Never played it. If, well, yeah, <laughs> or, or never got there in the first place in, in your in- instance, which well, was, was a good idea. I'd rather play checkers, mate. Well, so would a lot of people based on what we've seen, to be, to be very honest. But, I mean, back to the update. This is the second in in quick succession that's regarding loot in particular. And whatever they do, it just seems to go wrong. 
I mean, the the Grandmaster, whether it's one, two, or three loot drops, haven't been successful since the game first came out. They've had two shots at addressing it now, and it's still that way. Um, even if they do get a third time lucky, who actually cares right now? I mean, just to just to sort of read through a couple of bits that people have noted in this particular update, you're no longer guaranteed to get a masterwork from from the boss kills, which gets to the point where it, it's a bit crap anyway, to be fair, when you've done it enough times. But now you don't even get that, which is something that surely couldn't have been intentional. That must be a bug in the update, because uh, that's taking something that's relatively decent away from people. What's the point in doing it if you don't get that? Yeah, I, I mean, like I said, if by a by a point, it wasn't the greatest thing anyway, but hey, I'd rather have it than not. Mm. Um, well, what else was there? I mean, they've added the the um, embers, the masterwork embers and such, into the loot pool now, which is something that people wanted because it helps with, with crafting. But they seem to be influencing the chances of physical drops, so you're getting way more embers than actual physical gear or weapon items, and that that's not what people wanted. They wanted more embers or the, the actual availability of them as well as not in place of. So the loot pool overall just continues to suffer. And from what we read and from what we see, which is the general consensus, is that this is just another miss from Bioware. How long, how long does this game have left, really? For being realistic about it, I mean, they just keep seem they just seem to. It's terminally ill, mm. and they're about <laughs> to unplug the machine. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, I think I jokingly said uh, off air to you guys that it feels like EA are like purposely sabotaging this game or something because you know with their new with Battlefield's new battle royale mode coming out, it's like it's as if they're saying, oh, you know, actually we'll just mess up Anthem and maybe people will move on to Battlefield and forget about Anthem or something. I mean, it's just becoming such a joke, isn't it, for Anthem now? I mean, you know, maybe if this just... Yeah, I mean, maybe if this happened once, like it did, you could forgive them, but the fact that this is twice this like same similar issue has happened now, I just... How could you get it wrong twice? How do you actually get it wrong twice? The same thing. I don't I don't understand how you get it wrong twice. I mean, surely people test these things before they come to the general public. I mean, right? Because I that's like so. a standard practice. <laughs> so you should do if you're a developer. Um, I don't know. Like, It's an interesting question how long has Anthem got left. I mean, there's always going to be the hardcore fans, isn't there, of the game, I guess, that um, stick with it for a while. But... It might just become one of them sort of like cult games that only a few hardcore people end up playing in the future because, and that's like you said, if EA don't just drop it, which is a possibility as well. It seems um, to be going that way. I mean, they didn't hit their March target. No. What? Well, what? Um, what did, did we find out what what they actually got to, or did they just say they didn't hit it? Um, P- Perks had read something on this. Yeah, we don't have exact figures, which let's be very honest, it's no surprise because. They're not yeah. going to release exact figures because it's going to make them look bad. Yeah, they need but, the PR spin on it. Yeah, there was a report a few days back, and it was produced in a way that made Anthem look like a success. It was basically saying about their hundred million in revenue and how it yeah. was Bioware's second fastest selling game ever behind Mass Effect Three. Which, when you read a title like that, you think, "Hey, fair enough. That's that's doing quite well," but. What's important to know is that Mass Effect 3 sold 
3.5 million units in its opening period. Yeah. And sure, that's a more extensive period of time than just the first month or so. And by virtue of being sort of behind that in terms of second fastest, Anthem has sold less than 3.5 million. Yeah. And their target was between 5 and 6 million by the end of March. We know that from what they've said directly. So it's probably sold around half, maybe so... just over half. Of the target, the, just yeah, based the, off that, what the the general sort of thought is with this, if if they sold anywhere near three point five exactly, then they would have just said similar yeah. or same as, or it's done as well as. But the fact that they really did say it's behind Mass Effect three, we're thinking around three million. Mm. Generally, that's the yeah. number that's floating around the internet. So if they target five or six, even if we go for the bottom number of that, they missed by two million. And yeah, it's. I mean, to give it some more context, Battlefield Five sold what seven point three million copies in its opening quarter. Yeah. I think was. The, and Battlefield was Five what, isn't Battlefield Five supposed to be apparently not a success? Well, so that EA reported it, it as, as so... that it failed to meet their expectations because they yeah. wanted at least eight million. So they yeah. they they missed their target on that by around seven hundred thousand copies, and it's all relative. I'm mm. sure that the numbers are bigger, but if they if they failed to meet expectations with a 7.3 million copy game when they wanted 8 million, then what the hell do they think of a roughly 3 million unit game when they expected 5 to 6? It doesn't read yeah. very well. No, no it, it doesn't. doesn't. And uh, it, it does make you fear for Bioware's future, doesn't it? Even though we know they tease Dragon Age, which you know I think all of us would be excited to see, but <laughs> you just you just get the sense, don't you, that game? It's could looming, just, man. Yeah, I, I just get the sense that it's like, yeah, Dragon Age, and then in a couple of years, just like, oh, it's been cancelled by where shut down. I, I can just see it. Yeah, now. that dark cloud's you know. looming over them because, like, like we've said, nearly every week there's something negative that comes out about Anthem. I mean, how many yeah. punches can you take before the ref I, steps in? <laughs> <sighs> I mean, I know it's look. EA have said, haven't they, before, like, oh, Bioware can make what they want and all this. It, is, it was up to them to make Anthem, and maybe it was slightly, but you just w w get the sense, why didn't they just focus most of their attention on Dragon Age? And, and, like, why don't they just stick to what they're good at? You know, I'm not saying they couldn't have made this work with more resources or whatever, but why not just stick to what you're good at? Make a new Mass Effect, a proper Mass Effect game, a good Mass Effect, not Andromeda, which Surely I know we enjoy. Like Anthem, but... though, is EA pushing it on Bioware, I'd assume. Yeah, you would think so. Although they, I mean, they're going to deny it, aren't they? They're gonna yeah, I completely no, agree. You're not going to sit there if you're a Bioware developer and say, oh yeah, EA no. made, us, made us make this game. <laughs> no, exactly. They came, they came into our office thing. and said, stop making this Mm. rubbish Dragon Age and Mass Effect <laughs> and make us a shoot and loot like Destiny so we can put microtransactions in the game and rinse people's wallets. They're hardly going to come out on record and say that. If that's we're probably, yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, we if we're speculating, that's exactly what what was said. <laughs> I can just imagine like some David Brent figure just like kicking the door down in the office and just saying, right, we need to make Destiny 2.0. When can you make it happen? Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, well, we were in the middle of making Dra No, 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 no. <laughs> get rid of that. Delete it. Delete it Delete all it. now. I'm yeah. your friend, not your boss. Friend first. Let's get this. Destiny 2.0 made. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh but it is disappointing, isn't it? Because I think we were I know, you know, we're I suppose in the minority with Mass Effect Andromeda. We kind of didn't mind it, but in general, it's nowhere near the quality of the original trilogy. No. And we would have liked to have seen a proper and you know, I I'd be I'd been happy to see a sequel to Mass Effect Andromeda that was actually good. So would I. Um but we're probably never gonna see that. Well, we might see Mass Effect again, maybe in the future, but it's not gonna be Andromeda. Um and Dragon Age, of course, that we want us because that's been what the last one was five years ago. So it's we're due a new Dragon Age. Jesus, it's so, been five years already. Yeah, over five years since Inquisition came out. Bloody so. hell! 
And and the, even that's in doubt now, isn't it? Really, I know they've announced it, but it's in doubt because of Anthem's. I'm not going to say failure, but it's certainly not succeeded. No, so. no, it failed. Yeah, no, it, it EA failed. are going to see it, it as a failed failure, before it came out. It failed when it launched, and it continues mm. to fail now. I mean, that's the bottom line of it. Let's not beat around the bush with this one. Their their pre-launch stuff was embarrassing. Their actual launch was one of the worst that we've seen. God, you remember um, trying to play that, Perks? Well, you couldn't. Oh, <laughs> like, God. for a period of time anyway, you couldn't. Sat there with those loading screens, man. And even since launch, fair enough, the, the one credit that I will give Bioware in all of this is that they have pushed out updates quickly. Mm. But the flip side of that coin is that the updates haven't been good. Mm. So... Sure, they're working think, really hard to rectify the game, but they're making it's not mistakes working. along the way. Though. Yeah, I think what they need to do is uh, what. Well, I say what they need to do. <laughs> I suppose it's not my decision what Bioware do or EA do, but I think if it was me, I think what they've got to hope for is that there's some sort of Rainbow Six Siege moment where you know that game was sort of only mildly received when it came out. I mean, we played it when it came out, but. You know, over time, that game's become massive because of the constant support of the game, and I, I think that's think that the only thing they can do. EA. I think yeah, that's, it's, I mean, it's yeah, too that's... toxic a brand, mm, that's uh, the a publisher. It's just like, look at Star Wars Battlefront 2. That had a similar drop-off rate. People bought it, they were really disappointed with the game, and they it's... never went back. And they still Ironically, haven't gone back, though. and they, even with this, like, Obi-Wan yeah, Kenobi Clone Wars DLC, no one's gone back anyway. You know what it's I mean? been well received though, apparently. All this content for Battlefront, but like, like you said, it's probably too late. players who played it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. It's, just, it's a bit too late now, isn't it? Although it is in, uh, I think it's in EA Access now, isn't it? So that probably brought a few more players. The game but... doesn't even play that badly, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Battlefront Two. No, I didn't even mind Battlefront Two. I'm not saying it was great. It played fine. I think it was just all the microtransaction yeah, controversy, the controversy that ruined the game. And the single, yeah, we all single play was. Let's be honest, the single play was poor as well. The single player was very poor, I thought, in Battlefront, uh, Battlefront 2. I didn't I really enjoy it. I didn't actually mind it. Uh, I just thought it was generic, kind of boring. I just didn't think there was anything interesting about it, really. But the multiplayer was fine. So just did the, the microtransactions that ruined it, I think, for everyone. Yeah, well, I definitely agree with that part. Um, and we'll transition to EA as well for another news topic. And that is EA lays off 350 people, citing the changing world. EA CEO Andrew Wilson delivered the news via the company's official website. He said, Today we took some important steps as a company to address our challenges and prepare for the opportunities ahead. Of the company's roughly 9,000 employees, 350 people across the company's marketing, publishing and operation teams will lose their jobs. This also includes operations in Japan and Russia, where the company is ramping down our current presence to focus on different ways to serve our players in those markets. Just wanted to get you guys thoughts obviously um some crappy news for those 350 people who lost their job and uh, jack and this coincides with you know ea's failure over the last year or so um yes i think no isn't it it's, uh i think it, it, sorry so it, it kind of oh, coincides okay. with um triple a um publishers in general really because i think they're all struggling at the moment a lot of them anyway obviously some of them are still doing well especially like 2k and things like that but ea and activision in particular are struggling at the moment and obviously 
when the shareholders aren't getting their um, dividends and, you know, they aren't able to afford their gold Rolex watch for the year. <laughs> uh, the first thing that they try and do is just sack, you know, the people at the bottom of the food chain uh, just to, as a sort of cost cutting measure. Obviously, mm-hmm. we saw it with Activision as well. They had a, like a big job layoff recently and now we're seeing it with EA. So, you know, they'll try and dress it up yeah. how they want. But the bottom line behind this is usually we're not making as much money as we want because our games aren't as good as they used to be or aren't as good as we're hyping up to be mm. them to be and we'll uh, we'll punish our own employees because uh, as a result of that yeah i think also to add, yeah i think also to add to that as well um i think especially big companies like activision and ea as well as we've seen with that, like mike said with activision laying off a lot of its staff they do tend to like to siphon off different parts don't they when they're finished so there could be a lot of teams at EA now that they're kind of like, man, do you know what? It's not working for us. It's not making money. We'll just siphon it off. And so that I wouldn't be surprised if the 350 staff that have gone have been from projects that have been cancelled or projects that you know are no longer necessary. That's usually what happens, isn't it, with these big companies? So it's not a rare thing. Big companies do do this quite a lot, like lay off some of their yeah. you know staff after a while. But it does make me laugh the wording used though. Change the due to the changing, yeah, the changing world. <laughs> I could say that about anything. Yeah, I know. It's such a generic statement, isn't it? That's just something to make it seem as if, like, oh, that's basically kind of what I said. It's like, it's, it's to make it seem like, well, it's not just them, everyone's doing it, sort yeah. of thing, you know. Girlfriend, why didn't um, you do the dishes today? Because they're changing, oh, the changing worlds, you know, <laughs> can't keep up with everything. I'm sorry. It's just such a. It's just such a yeah, the feminazis are going to have your head for that. <laughs> yeah. Why is it the girlfriend that's doing the dishes? No, she why asked you me. Doing the dishes, she asked me. Oh, why she asked I you. I wasn't doing the dishes. So, oh, she asked you why you weren't doing dishes. can't get me. <laughs> All right, so you, you're safe. So I sorry, safe I, I mi- yeah, I misheard you're you. You're safe now. Bloody coming after me straight away. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just warning you of their impending shots. <laughs> yeah, checkpoint, checkpoint, checkpoint reach respects all feminazis and any other beliefs. <laughs> uh, if you want to do the dishes no. as a woman or a man, <laughs> go ahead. I'm bringing it back. <laughs> I guess I'd say that this kind of thing and not doing the dishes, more people getting laid off, is kind of a, a recurring theme right now, isn't it? I mean, we've had the the big layoff with Telltale Games at the end of last year. We've had the Activision that Blizzard thing. That came out of thing. nowhere as well, Perks, didn't it? Yeah, exactly. It was just like one day they woke up and the the collapse literally just happened. And and then obviously, like I was saying about Activision and Blizzard, that we covered in a lot of detail when that happened with its... Was it eight percent? I think was the figure of its workforce was gone, mm-hmm. uh, despite the the overall earnings being pretty good. So this is kind of becoming commonplace, and it, it's a little bit worrying, I guess, for for the future for more and more things like this to happen. And I guess if you work in that industry and you're thinking your position might be a little more precarious these days, you definitely would be more worried because, like you touched on, perks. You know how you said with Battlefield. What, they sold 7.3 million copies, did you say? Yeah. And they were disappointed by that. And obviously, you know, it leads into people losing their jobs, ultimately. It's like, it's out there thinking, wow, that's a lot of copies we've just sold. I'm still potentially going to lose my job. Yeah, I mean, look, like Sid said before, we're we're probably talking about projects that have finished here or that are no longer needed. And Yeah, they could be freelancers and stuff. Yeah, and of the numbers that we have, not just for EA, but for for other companies as well these people could well have seen it coming it's not like they weren't expecting it they may have just had their contracts cut a little bit sooner than expected but coming to the end anyway and then you've got the other side of it which is out of absolutely nowhere 
and you've got that shock value. I think if you're sort of one of the the main players in in development teams, you're probably going to be safe, even if you deliver a sort of substandard product because it's not you that's going to take the hit for it. So it it's probably more people on the on the periphery, if you like, of of these companies that are probably a little bit more worried than they were a couple of years ago anyway with the way things are going yeah i'd definitely go along with that and i guess we'll just have to see how the gaming industry evolves in these changing worlds just a quick point before we move on it's important to know as well that it is only four percent of the workforce you know it's not like they're laying off like half the workforce or something so so just to put it into a bit try telling that to the four percent though Oh yeah, no, I'm not yeah. saying I mean, it's terrible news. I'm not saying it isn't. I'm just saying that people might think, oh, EA are like losing it and EA are going to go bankrupt. It's like, from their point of view, 4% is not a massive amount. It's but all relative though, is... isn't it? If 4% it equates to 350 people in this instance. We're not saying yeah. 4% is 2 or 3 people or 10 people or whatever. This is quite a substantial number. No, I, I, it isn't really. Not in A substantial number would be like 15, 20%. It re- don't get me wrong. It's t- I'm not. Say- look, I'm not trying to say it is awful for the people that have lost their jobs. It doesn't matter if it's one person or a thousand people. It's terrible. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of people coming at you with pitchforks tomorrow when <laughs> when Borderlands when Borderlands isn't Borderlands three, and then the EA um, employees that have got laid off here this podcast. They're all going to be coming after you, mate. No, because I'm just p- p- making out a point that four percent. Like people might take from this story. Oh, EA are like soon to be going out of business like that's not the case at all it's just well hopefully like, they are well <laughs> that's your point of view i think yeah i wouldn't like to go out of business because they make a lot of games but you know i, I think it's just important to note that this isn't going to sort of bankrupt ea or anything like that it's not well it's the opposite it's, uh, of bankrupt in ea it gives them more money because they have less people well yeah i mean well they might have to, they'll have to pay the severance packages of course but yeah i know what you're saying it's uh it's just a, it's it's more moving funds around, isn't it? I suppose, and moving it to maybe things they think are more valuable. I guess. Apex Legends. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, that I is mean, more that would make sense. At the moment. Fifty million players. <laughs> yeah. That's so, pretty much all they've got. From right a business now. point of view, why wouldn't you put your money into that? Well, on the bright side, that four percent they've got laid off now have more time to do the dishes. It's true. Yeah, that's a good. And point. then come after Sud with a pitchfork when they're done with them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No. Uh, well. Anyway, we'll we'll see if that happens. Probably won't. So we'll move on to the next topic anyway, which is um, Epic's Game Store won't accept crappy games. CEO of Epic Games, Tim Sweeney, has declared its stance on allowing crappy games onto the platform. Uh, in an interview with PC Gamer, he said, Reasonably good quality games of any scale, whether small indie games to huge AAA games, make the cut. We'll have a quality. St- um, we'll have a quality standard that doesn't accept crappy games. Uh, we'll take everything up to like an R-rated movie or an M-rated game. So that's clearly. I mean, we're reading into that. The biggest steam. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's a bigger steam. Yeah. It's a bigger steam. But they've already got a crappy game on there because Fortnite's on there. <laughs> I, I was so they've already the got, point, got yeah. against their yeah, own um, policy. I was actually going to say is Anthem on their store because I mean they've already kind of you know. Renegaded on that, haven't they? Have anthems on there, but uh... it's just the wrong wording, really. It's the no, it's the wrong wording. I understand. So... Like you go on Steam now, you see so many games that aren't even games. Like uh, you know, they they will be completely unfinished asset grabs from other games. Like just absolute complete and utter garbage that should never be on Steam. 
And these are the sort of games that he's alluding to won't be on the store. But I think just saying crappy games is a, is a bit of a sort of, you know, general oh, term. I mean... Because, you know, I could describe, you know, at least 10 of the AAA games I've played in the last, like, two years as crappy games. You know, so it was just a bit of a of a stupid thing to say, really. But I understand I think, where uh, he's coming from. Yeah. I think we all understand where he's coming from, but at the end where. of the day... I just want to say at the end of the day, we all know there is going to be crappy games in that store at some point. So, well, there will it's be. subjective as well, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There will be examples of crappy games and you know exactly what's going to happen. People are going to post it on Twitter with that quote, him saying no crappy games and there's going to be a picture of a terrible game. Because well, I'm already going to post that on Twitter, no crappy games with a picture yeah. of Fortnite. Well, so exactly. That's already started. But there'll be worst examples. You know there'll be worst examples. And the thing is, they can say what they want about, oh, we don't want crappy games. But look how much money Steam's making off these games. So, you know, at the end of the day, are you telling me they don't want a piece of that pie? I don't believe them. So that's my point of view on it. I, I think if, if given the chance, they'd have as many games as they want on there if, if they can see that it makes them money. Because they only care about money at the end of the day. That's what they all care about. Yeah. Well, they're already so they can uh, making Steam, plays, but... aren't they, to hamping Steam anyway with exclusivity well, yeah. deals yeah. for a year. I just think it's well, an easy jibe to make, isn't it? It's, yeah. sort of, it's, it's, what, it's like what everyone on the internet says. Oh, Steam's got all these crappy games. So, let, so if, they, if you're, if you're um, Epic, you're going to say that, aren't you? Because it's just an easy, it's an easy win, basically. Well, just to provide you with a bit of clarity uh, regarding this, it's kind of funny, actually, because back in the day, when Steam not wasn't sort of just first started, but you know, four or five years in, when it started to really sort of you know gain traction and become that sort of number one marketplace for PC gamers, PC gamers were actually annoyed because Steam wasn't letting enough games on. Um, a lot of games, like indie games and stuff like that, weren't passing the um, the verification process and weren't allowed on Steam. And then Steam start, started to sort of um, you know open the floodgates so to speak a little bit on what games games they let in and then it got to the point where they just let anything in so i'm interested to see if the same thing will happen with the epic store you know it's nice at the start to say we're going to have a really strict verification process and we're going to check every game we're going to make sure crappy games don't get on the store and then say if the epic game store does take off and they've got you know hundreds of games maybe thousands of games wanting to get on there a week and they've got to like verify every one and make sure it works and it just becomes too much work whether they're just going to do exactly the same thing that steam did and just let everything on there i mean that, exactly. that definitely could happen I think, honestly, the timeframes are really important with this. I mean, the Epic Games Store has been open for a few months now. What, four months since December? And right now, Epic is in a super strong place as a whole, not just in terms of its game store. So right now, they can say whatever they want because the company's doing so well. But hey, in two years or three years' time, that might have changed. Maybe their stock isn't so high. We don't know how it's going to be. So maybe it'll get to the point where they think, actually we're going to need to open up and we're going to need to lessen our standards and make it a little bit less strict to, to allow more on to make more money. So I guess it's very much a, a watch this space kind of thing. I think it's just, it's really easy to say whilst you're doing so well. I know one thing they need to do. They they need to uh, make sure that you're allowed to leave reviews on games. That's something that they don't have at the moment. It's so people can't tell you the games are crap. <laughs> pretty much, <laughs> but that's pretty well crap as well i think yeah i mean other than what i've just said i can't think of a reason why that would be other than to to protect what might possibly be bad reviews on on certain titles but do we think do we think that they um 
will overtake Steam in years to come? I mean, anything's possible, isn't it? I mean, Steam's still massive, but its popularity is definitely slowly dwindling. So, and, you know, we see recently, don't we, with all these games, uh, like we said, um, skipping Steam, that, uh, you know, clearly this, uh, I can't remember, what, can anyone remember what the percentage was that Epic give? 12%. Uh, 12%. Was it twelve? Was that Steam? I thought the Steam was twelve percent. Was Steam thirty and? Yeah, Steam's like thirty percent, depending yeah. on if you hit. Yeah, like sorry, that's it. Yeah, or something. yeah, yeah. So yeah. Steam take sorry thirty percent, Epic only twelve. Epic I mean, that, is like, 12. I think you mentioned this, Luke. That that is a massive difference. I mean, it makes sense, doesn't it? Why these are, why they're getting good deals. Yeah, I mean, um, if you get you know from publishers slash publisher, why would you hmm. ever go for Steam's option when you can? I suppose get better on Epic. Well, I mean, I think um, Bethesda recently announced that um, their games uh, that come out, you know, soon are going to be on both, aren't they? They're going to be on the Epic Store and Steam Store. So they're kind of take they're they're kind of they're uh, big enough just, though to take that luxury. They, yeah, they can take the hit, can't they, on the Steam stuff anyway? And uh, it's good publicity for them because then people don't moan at them, don't they? Do they from either side? So yeah, win win. I think a lot of publishers will still be on both because of that reason, but. There's definitely going to be some that you know just go with one or the other, and well, mainly now probably going to go with Epic. So it's definitely a bit of a loss for Steam, but you know I'm sure Steam will survive. I don't think you know they. Let's be honest, their user base is uh, absolutely huge and massive on the PC compared to Epic. I'm sure, you know it's probably I don't know what it'll be eighty to one, maybe probably sixty to one in Steam's favor. I've seen a lot base. of people actually so, players. Um, yeah, I'm sure some might go across boycott Epic games. Mm-hmm. No, I've seen quite oh, a few right. saying they're boycotting Epic. Epic. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Because of That's their tactics of um, exclusivity yeah. deals. Because uh, there was... Oh, The Outer Worlds. I find Worlds. that quite funny, actually. The Outer Worlds. Obsidian's I do find that game, quite That's gone to though. Epic Games, and people are unhappy I do, about that. <laughs> I do find this whole thing of like, oh, oh, they're not allowed to sign exclusive deals. Well, no, they are, because it's a private deal between, you know, publisher and, you know, storefront. I mean, I don't understand... Why people are moaning about that so much? I think people were moaning about the Outer I mean, Worlds one because on the trailer it had Steam on it. Yeah, that's bad. I mean, Steam, I think that's, and then they yeah, obviously I, changed their mind. Well, I definitely agree with that. I think if there's uh, there was another controversy with it, was it Metro as well? Metro. That was a Metro, similar yeah. thing. I, I would say in that circumstance, yeah, that is a bit shady because that's misleading. But if they're actually just making a deal and it's not been announced on Steam, I don't have any problem with that because that's just business at the end of the day. That's just how it works. So it is. Yeah, it's, it's an open market. As a business, it? it's an open person, market, you're going to so. go for what's best yeah. for you. And, and it's an open market. No, you know, it's not. We're not. We don't live in a closed market. So mm. you know, I mean, from a, from a business perspective, just to offer another angle on it, it's not always better just to go for the sort of cheaper option, if you like, for the twelve percent rather than no. Steam's thirty, because you could pay more money initially, but you re- you're reaching a, a much wider audience. So if your game exactly. is actually good, if your product yeah. is a high standard you're going to pay more out in the in the initial run in the short term and and open it up to more consumers potentially in the long run so i guess there's more than one way of looking at it but in terms of it taking over it's it's way too early in its in its life cycle and is it going to have the longevity that steam has only time will tell with that and it's something that I'm looking forward to because it, it's about time Steam had a genuine competitor, I guess. They're making so. aggressive plays as well, aren't they? To be they are. Exactly. They are, yeah. So yeah. it's certainly interesting and it's something that I think we'll all monitor quite closely. It's like and the, the thing is, well, we know they're not going to run out of money. 
anytime soon. Um, you know, no, definitely Epic not. are already a rich company anyway, and with the Fortnite money that keeps rolling in, they're not going to be easing up. Um, but I would say that just on Pertz's point about, you know, it makes sense to go to Steam as well because, like I said before, their user base is probably at least 50 times higher right now than Epic's. So, <laughs> you know, it does make sense, doesn't it? I really? think from a business point, if you're a, if you're a smaller dev, go with Epic Games to begin with, though. Because if you get a hit on your yeah, hands, you get sense. more money. Then you get people on Steam like, oh, I can't wait for that game to come to Steam. And then take it to Steam. You've got more money to market it as well as a result. Mm. You know, that, There's definitely there, various tactics. Yeah, there's pros and cons to both, to be yeah, fair. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but that's... this is like um, it's like a console war, but PC. It's like a con- yeah, it's like a, a store. Fr- it's more of a storefront war, yeah, than store PC wars. storefront war. Store wars. <laughs> store. <laughs> well, yeah, we, and the, the thing like is, it. you know, in the next few years, that's going to more players are going to get involved because Microsoft want to go down this route, don't they? Mm. Of pretty much a storefront. I mean, eventually, we've all speculated before. I know we're going off on a bit of a tangent here, but that Microsoft eventually it'll just be a storefront that you buy games off and play on your PC or play on your phone. I mean, that's what they're going for. So they're going to be involved. You're going to have probably have maybe Amazon getting involved in this. Google yeah. are clearly getting involved in this. There's going to be a lot of competitors, that's for sure. Definitely going to have to watch that space. Mm. Um, anyway, we'll move on to the last topic of the day, which is State of Play, uh, the PlayStation event. Sony revealed details on Iron Man VR, Days Gone, and a bunch more games during its first State of Play stream. Matty, you were able to watch this event. What did you think? Well, I watched about 40% of it and then fell asleep, to be honest. I was absolutely <laughs> appalled. I, yeah, it, it's just, to be honest, I don't know what Sony are doing at the moment. They just seem like they're in hibernation. Um, they're not They're not going to E3. And then, obviously, this sort of state of play. H- half came out of the blue, really. Not, not a lot of people were expecting it or anything like that. And it was just full of... It was just tat to be honest it was just all double a's and indies and it was completely packed to the rafters with um vr games and obviously i've used psvr i do kind of, you know quite enjoy it yeah i've got but, it too um, i think it's all right it, it's one of them things um it, it's very interesting to me because i i, I honestly believe that next generation sony are going to use that as their key differentiator between all of the other consoles um, it just seems like they're the only ones really out of, especially the console, uh, the big three, who are really trying to push VR and really believe in VR. And I think that's going to be their main sort of focus next generation, to be honest. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see to see what they do with VR next gen, because obviously they'll have more powerful hardware. And I think that's one of the things that's really limiting VR at the moment on, on the PlayStation 4 is obviously the hardware that it's running on isn't great. Yeah. You need you need a better CPU really to run these games. Um, so yeah, a lot of the a lot of the games in VR obviously don't look very nice, uh, especially Skyrim. I mean, if anyone's tried to play oh, Skyrim in yeah. VR, I mean, I was I was ill after about three minutes of playing the game because it just looked like someone was smearing Vaseline in my eyes every wow. time I tried to move the headset. When I was playing that, and I thought, who can be bothered playing this game for this many hours? You know, that game is huge, really. Mm. Yeah, but it's one of the things is that there's just so many restrictions with VR. It's like um, I was reading the other day that that maybe Sony have filed a um, a patent for a wireless VR, which is something that no, so, uh, something that no developer of VR has been able to do as of yet. Like you all, all of them need some sort of wire, and I think that's the main thing really that's 
stopping me really from wanting to, to play VR. I mean, you, you try and connect your VR, and it's just there's about 4,000 cables all over the place <laughs> that you could trip over, and it's just like it's such a barrier to play. Yeah. So if they do manage to, you know, successfully make the headset wireless to the point where, you know, you can just have it on like your um, living room table, pick it up and that's it. You just put the headset on, you're good to go. I think that would be a, a, a major factor in making it more mainstream. But I'd like I said, play it more if that was yeah. the case. But I think it's one of those things where um, it was it, this, this, uh, this event was really a lot of VR games. Yeah, I think for me with this event, I, I mean, I to be honest with you, I don't really care about the VR stuff. I'm not saying it's, you know, I'm sure some people it's relevant to. I'm sure some people got excited for some of the games, but I'm not that interested in the VR personally. I think for me, I'm just interested in more of the other announcements. And it seems like at this one, there wasn't really any others apart from VR games, which is a bit disappointing. But I think I'm interested in seeing where this show goes from here. I mean, it, was this a one-off or is this, I, I imagine it's not a one-off and they're going to maybe do this three or four times a year, like a sort of Nintendo Direct style. Um, inside Xbox as well, obviously, so Xbox has got one. So it would make sense, wouldn't it, for Sony to have a similar type show where they announce things throughout the year, considering they're not going to E3 as well. Makes I mean, inside sense. Xbox and State of Play both sent me to sleep, so yeah, <laughs> none, none, um, of the, uh, none of the big console manufacturers, um, you know, well, actually, I Nintendo, think, to, be, to be fair, the Nintendo Direct is usually pretty very good. good. Yeah. Uh, I do think uh, I know this one was a bit of a damp squib but I do think in the future they could have good state of plays because we know Sony have a lot more games in general than Microsoft especially and even Nintendo so even if it's just to announce their sort of lesser games, sort of that indie games um, I think it could be something that's mildly successful. Uh, it's not going to replicate E3 of course They've but, just uh, completely fell asleep at the end of the generation, and yeah, maybe you can sit there and say, "Oh, they're entitled to do it because of all the success that they've had." And just wait, you know, once they announce the PS5, all these games, you know, will be announced and it'll be okay. But it's just like people are still buying PS4s and people still want content from Sony, and it just seems like they've just give up at the end of the generation. I mean, I know they've got The Last of yeah, Us too, but we've known about that for a long time. And obviously, well, we've got. Games uh, coming, they? Yeah, Tishima, we've got Death The Last Stranding. of Us, Ghost of Tsushima, and Death Stranding. But I'm not even sure Death Stranding's going to be oh, a PS4 game. Well, at the very minimum, it's going to be a cross gen at the very least, I think. I can't see. That game, if we're talking maybe coming out at the end of next year, PS5 is probably going to come out in the next year. It could even be a launch game. So, yeah, it'd be interesting. But I do think this state of play, you know, I think it's got a future. I think they'll. I, I don't know about you, Matt. I think they'll probably do it, keep doing it, maybe do a few more throughout the year. Um, yeah. probably with smaller announcements well I think Sony really needs to look at the way that they're delivering content really to consumers in terms of like what's mm. coming out because their E3s have been terrible yeah, and obviously they, they've they, last I mean, year's last, well. last E3 was last just, year's just I mean I stayed up until <laughs> 3 awful. in the morning to Terrible. watch that one of the worst E3 press conferences to be it honest. looked as if it was just like me and Perks back in college scraping together a PowerPoint presentation last minute and just throwing it at the, at the sort of lecture <laughs> and being like, yeah, that's, that's it. That's done. Yep. Yeah, it's like, it, it, it was just atrocious. We got a lot of distinctions for that. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow. That is true. But, so, but uh, Sony definitely didn't get a distinction for Yeah, the, difference the is, though, uh, difference is, guys, you guys weren't being watched by, you know, millions of people. <laughs> it felt like that's it true. at the time. The pressure was on. Yeah. And I, I mean, really, you guys have quite summed it up so far. I must admit, my take on things like 
inside Xbox or state of play Nintendo Direct. I don't really care much for these smaller type adjacent shows or, or mm. presentations. I'm not saying the quality can't be good in some of them like it has been, especially with the Nintendo ones like you mentioned before, but I think overall I don't really care. I'm quite happy to read it in a quick summary whilst I'm having breakfast one morning. I don't really see the mm. the need to I think... stay up and see these things live. They're just a bit meh to me. What I would say though is, even though this one wasn't very good, the state of play, I think I do think they do give opportunities to games that maybe in an E3, for example, would get drowned out by bigger games. So say, like Marty said, the double A games, the indie games, I think it's a good platform for those sort of games to gain an audience, you know, to gain a bit of attention from fans. Hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, personally, that doesn't change my opinion. I don't care. And, and that's not even because I'm an elitist. I do play some crap games. Uh, that wouldn't make it onto the Epic Store. But it's, yeah, things like this, I don't know. They're, they're just not my cup of tea. And I think as far as VR is concerned, and, and I've maintained this point of view for as long as I can remember, I I love the idea of VR as as a on paper. If you, if you gave me that and said, hey, this is going to be a thing in years to come when I was younger, it would have been so exciting, it's unreal. But it's just not delivered in the way I want it to be right now. And until it is, which will be in the next few years rather than just around the corner, I don't really care about that either. So yeah. state I think of play, not great. I think it's a cool add-on, VR. Um, yeah. Obviously, you know, when people yeah. come around, I'm like, oh, actually, yeah, VR. forgot I've got that. Let's try it. You know, it's a cool experience, but I don't I just think it's always... think I'm going to go downstairs and play some VR. <laughs> I just always think that until the technology drastically improves, it's always just going to be something. That's for short games or short experiences. Well, you're never going to get has. a long experience. The technology is already there on PC. Like I said, it's the hardware. Obviously, PlayStation are the only ones that are trying to provide VR to the masses. You know, by far, buying a PlayStation, like a PlayStation Slim and a VR headset, is by far the cheapest way you can experience yeah. VR at yeah. the moment. So they are trying to make it a mainstream. But it's just that case of the hardware is not not quite there at the moment. So obviously, I just, I think next generation, when those hardware improvements have come in for everyone, VR will be be more mainstream. I mean, I've played yeah, certain yeah. games in VR that are absolutely amazing, as survival horror especially. Yeah, I mean, makes sense. Even with the way the way VR is now, I think if Perks played Resident Evil in VR, he'd you know absolutely love it. So it's like there there are experiences on there that are absolutely you know amazing. But it's yeah. one of the things that. Um, the the hardware just isn't isn't quite ready at the moment for it. Is it is it ever going to be something though that's going to be used for massive long games in terms of are you ever going to really sit there with a VR headset for eight hours playing a game? That's my point of view on it. Yeah. Like it's for to me maybe half an hour hour at a time sort of experiences because it's just not comfortable enough to have on your head for more than a couple of hours. Well, don't forget, guys. If you go in your console user manual, you're only supposed to play consoles for an hour or two at a time, and yeah, then you have a short fifteen-minute break. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> should anybody play eight hours in a row? Really no, we all, well, this we all is do the do thing them. with the VR, though, isn't it? I mean, in years to come, it will be less weighty and less awkward to have on top of your head. It might feel like wearing a pair of glasses rather than having a big sort of brick on your head. So, when we get those advancements, VR will. will appeal to more people as far as i'm concerned but until but first, it's at the absolute pinnacle of what it can be i'm not that interested in it but can you ever see yourself playing a game like the witcher in vr for example rather than playing with just a controller it's not going to happen 
Why would you want to? You, I, I, why would anyone want to play a game like that and that scope in VR rather than just with a standard controller? Depends on the immersion. I don't get it personally. Well, yeah, yeah I just. Well, that that is it. I, I mean, know. like Matt said, with survival horror, I mean, the immersion with things like that is is top of the line now. I mean, in in terms of, it's not going to be for every game. Yeah, no, it won't be because it's going to be games really where it's just difficult. like this is stupid and like pointless. you know, you guys referenced so. Skyrim already. I mean, that's for different yeah, reasons because it, it makes like you feel sick because of how it's presented. Mm-hmm. But games like that, yeah, you're not going to want to play in general a, an eighty hour RPG in VR because it's always going to be better experience with a controller and sit down and immerse yourself that way. But there's nothing wrong, I think, with the idea of the majority of games being available in VR, as long as it's done to the best of its ability rather than just done for the sake of saying, mm. here's a game that supports VR, have this. Was there, you know, I've got a question. Was Microsoft ever involved in doing some VR for the Xbox? Or did that they've got um, but it always just seems to die yeah well hololens is i don't know completely really it's not failed it's years and years and years and years away from being a mainstream piece of tech that i don't know why they ever showed that e3 it's absolutely ridiculous yeah like they did that little yeah do you remember yeah it's like it looked cool but Hey, here's HoloLens. It costs four million pounds and it's not going to <laughs> yeah. exist for ten years. Oh, great! Cheers. Thanks for that. You can play Minecraft on your table if you're Bill Gates. I, do you know what? Actually, <laughs> I actually think talking about VR and stuff, and you know, I do think VR's got a place in, with certain games in the future. But I actually think the HoloLens would be a more impressive use of new tech for gaming than uh, if it. And that's the thing, my isn't it? If it ever becomes available, because. I do like the Minecraft thing to me look really cool. Like that actually looked like a cool idea. Um, you know how you have like the maps just flash up and stuff. I, I think that's really cool. But I'd actually prefer that to VR. I think, but I just don't know if it's ever going to be realistic for a long time. So there's no point even really talking about that for another ten years. No, mm. I mean, really, it'll be interesting to see if Hololens is is a VR specific thing. Anyway, I mean, I think they're looking at the more sort of wider sort of technological market with things like that aren't they rather than just gaming sort of yeah. virtual reality mm-hmm. yeah yeah definitely. Augmented, re- augmented reality sorry is definitely like one of the big buzzwords when it comes to tech but yeah, i think sure. my, my main point and the point to take from the state of play conference um you know from from what what i saw personally was that sony uh really really committed to vr and i think like i said that's going to be their main differentiator next generation because it does seem like microsoft have sort of not not forgotten about it but it doesn't seem like something that they care about and it doesn't really seem like something that nintendo care about either so i think it's it's sony really that are going to try and make the big plays in that space next generation yeah yeah maybe uh maybe, let's just hope they don't make the same mistake as xbox and uh force everyone to buy it with the console i guess time will tell with that one and hopefully not <laughs> but anyway we'll leave it there Before we go, though, remember to subscribe for more gaming content each week. Give this video a like and comment below with your opinions on the topics that we've covered today. You can also follow Checkpoint Reach podcasts on social media on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at CheckReachPod. Links will be in the description below. Uh, You can also follow us guys on social media if you want. Where can people find uh, you, Sud? Uh, You can find me on Twitter at DavidTenSpud. Love you, sir. How about you, Matty? Uh, Instagram and Twitter. I'm Matty Cheatham. I always have to think for some reason. 
I know, yeah, it's literally just your name as well. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Perks? I'm at Corpse or at JG Perks on Twitter and Instagram. But Plug in really. the at Corpse again, eh? Yeah, he's well, back. Yeah. Can you just refer to yourself as, as at Corpse only, please? To stop, 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 stop adding JG Perks. No one cares about JG Perks. They only care about Corpse. No one cared about Corpse either, though. So maybe the double-barreled attack will get them. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Hopefully it will. <laughs> and you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Leld, L-E-L-3-Ds, add a nine on the end for Instagram. Again, links will be in the description below. So, yeah, thanks for joining me as ever, guys. Have a good week, and uh, we'll chat again soon. Bye. Okay, bye-bye. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you.